Peace, peace, brother Dadu. How you doing? Peace, brother L. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing very well. Uh, let me go ahead and uh, greet the, the general audience, and then we'll get started. Uh, family, welcome. This is the MKD Podcast. I'm your host, D. Miller L. Uh, we are back again for our final installation of this series. Um, I have brother Dadu back with us. This has been a pleasure, brother. Uh, again, you're you're very much so welcome back on the podcast at any time. You bring a very uh, a grounding type of uh, energy to the podcast, and I, I really appreciate that. I think my general audience uh, can appreciate that as well. Brother Dadu, before we go too far into things, I'd like to give you uh, some time again to let the people know how to contact you and where they can find your content, etc. Thank you, Brother L. What's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Daru. I'm in Montana. I'm an author, content creator, and crypto entrepreneur. The best way that you guys can find all of my writing, all of my article work, all of my merchandise is through my website, www.imdaru.com. That's spelled I-A-M-D-A-W-D-U.com. Um, that's the best way that you can um, stay in tune and stay tapped in with all the cool, interesting writings I have and my perspective on Bitcoin. Thank you. Absolutely. Make sure that you're following uh, Brother Dadu on his social media. Make sure you're following us on the social media as well. This is how you're going to find out what we have going on uh, for our new people. Uh, again, to the family, welcome back. Uh, Brother Dadu and I are going to uh, just have an open dialogue. We're going to just be discussing uh, the blockchain aspect of Bitcoin. I think that this is overlooked a lot of the times, or I think that a lot of times there's some misunderstanding. Um, we've we've done quite a few, Dadu, we've done quite a few episodes on different aspects of blockchain. So what I'm going to do again is, uh, brother, just have you drive uh, however you want this conversation to go. I don't know if you have a line of questioning or if you, again, just want to make some general statements, put some information out there, but the floor is yours. Thank you, brother L. Um, this particular build is around blockchain. You're correct, but I kind of want to put a different spin on it. Like you said, you've talked about blockchain before on other episodes of the podcast, but I would love to kind of get into birthright and blockchain. So what I say by that, what I mean by that actually is there's always been these you know, attempts to create digital money in the past, but they've always failed mainly because of the Byzantine generals problem, which is the, the challenge of establishing and maintaining security on a distributed network. To solve that problem, honest nodes like Bitcoin nodes, for example, need to be able to reach a consensus, you know, in the presence of dishonest nodes or nefarious nodes. The birthing of this blockchain technology was actually like over 40 years in the making. And, you know, I want to get into the blockchain side of Bitcoin on this one. Uh, my latest book, the bit, on, the bit on Digital Coins, gets into the understanding of blockchain. If you're interested, check out that read. You can grab that on Amazon. Um, this build today will, will involve a lot of like blockchain talk, but also the birthrights without legal due process that the more subscribe to. Name changes like brother or L. Do these things need to be logged into a database? Additionally, how can our birthrights or birth records be linked to the blockchain in the future? And will that create a void for the birth uh, or the need for birth certificates or at least paper certificates and overall privacy? Wow. Okay. That's a very big idea. Uh, and folks, if you guys haven't heard the uh, first 
what is it, brother? This is our third. This is our fourth installment. We had the intro uh, installment one, two. This is number three. This is so we have like four pieces all together. I just want the family to know. Go back, check those out. These these ideas that we're discussing again, they've all been big ideas. You know, I think you can get a lot from it. This one sounds like we're going to definitely be going in. So uh, let me see here. Uh, wow. You know, that's a major thing. Let's start here, Dadu. Um, I think that this is important, right, uh, on a on a general level, because everyone doesn't have documents, mm-hmm. right? Depending on where you're born, when you're born, how your you know, that situation happened, you may not have documents. And uh, this will create an issue, right, when you decide that you want to engage in, a, we'll say, a Western society where, you know, ID is paramount. Uh, that could be an issue. So you're you're basically suggesting that um, ID things of that sort, uh, birth certificates, birth records, or that sort of thing, be on a blockchain. Is that is that safe to say? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, 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 okay. So uh, I think that there's a, a place for having identification. Uh, but I actually will say this. I subscribe to the idea of um, having like a pseudonymous identification. So there's a way to identify you, but maybe we don't have your information, like your birth records, actually on there per se. Right. Like you, that, that information can be provided. But let's imagine like. um Okay, I've seen like certain ideas where, like, let's say right now, when you get your little blue check mark on Twitter, I'm going to again try to use a real world example. When you get your blue check mark on Twitter, right? Um, I also think about it like that. And they want a lot of your real information when you get your blue check mark on Twitter. But I think they're moving to a place of the pseudonymous kind of identification where maybe you just have to prove your identification uh, in certain ways but they're not actually maintaining the data itself does that does that qualify in the same way or is that something different than what you're suggesting um kind of i think that like you know to expound on what you were saying brother l there's they're getting to a place now where like for example if you're a journalist or someone in the space that you know, garners a lot of content, you may be able to get a blue check, not off of your, your personal information, but more off of your work. So what, uh, what bylines have you created? How many articles have you been in? How many publications have you been in? You can get a blue check going down those lines as well. But to kind of go back into what I was kind of elucidating on was more about, um, storing data and record keeping in conjunction with like, a birth record like time date place or even your name on the birth certificate right is that going to be logged into a a new form of a database outside of the one that they already have obviously on the blockchain where you can be anonymous you can just be literally a username or a digital signature no one really knows that that's you or that's the time or the date that you were born but there's a secure record of it and that's kind of like what I wanted your thoughts on in pertaining to blockchain and like this whole birthright scenario. I don't know if you need a blockchain for it. You know, um, I think about like I think uh, culturally speaking, right? 
um, you know, writing down one's family record, like in a Bible or in a Quran or what have you, you would have your kind of family tree documented there. You know, maybe you would go to like a family reunion and there would be some kind of uh, documentation on on who is who and, and when when certain ones were born or what have you. Uh, I guess my concern would just be, you know, could it be hacked? How much information is actually required to be stored there? Right. Like uh, certain things I just don't believe necessarily need to be available for people, you know, to, to, to be to, for it to be hacked. I think that that's a bad idea. That's the part that concerns me. Any any centralized database and anything outside of a decentralized database is going to be a centralized database. So once you start putting all that information in there, I start to feel like it's the honeypot thing where, you know, the hackers want to go in there. Um, I don't know how we can utilize a blockchain for that. I think that we can digitize records. I think we can do a better job of digitizing records. Um, I also think that maybe somewhere down the road, we're going to learn how to be able to own our data. So like, let's say, let's say like, and this is, this is me being completely honest with you, brother Dadu, cause I'm, I'm really pro Bitcoin. So my thing is, is I know this information can't be on the blockchain or as far as the Bitcoin blockchain without it causing congestion. So my whole thought, though, is, is like, do we really need a blockchain for that? And if so, as long as the people own their data. So like, let's say the only time my information, my my birthday, my blood type, right, uh, any other information about me we'll say like HIPAA information any sort of health information associated with me as long as um I have to like sign or to, you know to make it available and like it's a, a decentralized kind of model where I'm holding the information myself and it requires for me to make that information available to another party um I'm, I'm much more comfortable with that because that's how it works today but at the same time, that overall kind of system, I would love to see it decentralized. Right now, I really only conceive it as a centralized model, is my thought on that. You know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Brother L, because it makes me think about like databases, right? So like most normal databases, such as SQL or Postman, for example, have someone in charge who can change the entries, right? Like when I was a developer back in the days, or not even that much back in the days, a few years ago, I used Postman, but I switched to AWS uh, S3. And I think that blockchain is different because nobody's in charge. It's run by the people who use it, right? And I think that this is critical because Bitcoin can't be faked. It can't be hacked. Uh, you can't use a double spending issue with it. So people that own that money can trust that it has some value. And I think that what makes the blockchain secure is because it copies the complete blockchain and saves it on your node. So I think that like the decentralization aspect of it down the road is like you have your own personal node, like each each household has their own personal node with all their records in it, which is like mm -hmm. secure in their household. And then that prevents record manipulation, right? By like a government or a central entity. And I think that that's like my thought process going down the rabbit hole with chain and birth records i'm not necessarily saying that we'll need it but i'm just saying like that could be an option for people if they want to be like solely sovereign like we talk about um you have some brothers in the morris uh science that 
people will birth their children at home. You know what I'm saying? And they won't subscribe to a hospital to get those records uh, uh, labeled and, and, and put into a database. So imagine you doing that on your own accord with your own database on the Bitcoin blockchain with like Taproot or Snore Signatures or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think that... Um... So I think that's a whole nother conversation. I think that uh, when we when we start saying, how can we apply the blockchain? Is this a question in relation to the state or is this just a, a question of how am I going to document for, you know, my child's sake or for, you know, because to me, that's how I think about this. It, when you were born and your identity and your paperwork, that only matters once you start trying to engage with the greater society. Right. If the society says we need for you to have an ID. Right. And, and for us to accept the information that you're providing, it needs to be on a certain it needs to be within a certain uh, database. Right. Or a database that at least we can that is interoperable with ours. Is, is that really the question here? You know what I'm saying? Like getting people that don't have ID ID. What 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 is the reason that we would want to put ID on the ledger beyond like and here is really where where I think the real crux of the argument is that I have outside of a Bitcoin address. What other ID is required? Right. Because as in my opinion, if you have a Bitcoin address, you have ID. Meaning uh, the things required for you to engage society, even on the global scale and do some business only thing that's really required is a Bitcoin address. And to me, like I said, that uh, is ID enough if you want to participate. What are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts on that, Brother Ellis, is it's kind of multi-layered. So it's like, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I look at it from the aspect of like, when you're just looking at the, the address or the private key or the public key, for example, from face value, you just see a bunch of units there, one zeros and letters. You really can't tell or identify who that person is. But I think the real value is what is held inside of that blockchain block. And I think that virtually anything of value can be tracked and traded on the blockchain network. And why I harp on this is like, I'm thinking like bigger picture, like we have our own sovereign commerce, right? Where we're plugging, <clears throat> we're plugging into the blockchain. And let's just say like you're doing, you know, you have like doctors in your community that you know, you're trying to remove like medical bias, for example, where like at a hospital, there's logs and there's records of people coming in and out of the hospital. Um, how many of those people are being seen? How are the how is the approach with the doctors? What are the review on some of these doctors, whether it be a surgeon or a pediatrician or whatever? If we keep a dialogue or a log of all these kind of records on the medical front, I think that that would be super helpful for our community and for the diaspora because we see traditionally that we kind of have um, a harder time, you know, operating within the hospital system, whether you're inpatient or outpatient. And even as far as like the birthing records, like I brought up before, where I think that you're thinking of it from a place of like, if we start to put our information onto this blockchain, that there's like a nefarious central authority that may gain access to that information or use that information as leverage um, for people in the future. But I, I personally think that as we start to level up and innovate, especially on the Bitcoin network where you have tap root and you have some of these things that are going to make the 
the, the holding of these transaction data or data information more secure and more anonymous, I think that that might be a play in the future for African-Americans to kind of use that to make themselves more sovereign and kind of um, bypass a lot of the medical bias that you see now in the hospitals. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, just kind of, first of all, I had a, a strange kind of futuristic idea when you said that. Have you heard of those those toilets where it says like it attests the stool and kind of act like your, uh, your doctor for you by, you know what I'm saying, having your stool run through this uh, highly technicalized toilet? it can determine like, you know, how you're doing as far as your health by, by testing a stool. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, I'm familiar. I think it, 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 uh, it tracks your blood pressure and some of, some of these other things I've, I've heard of the toilet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I bring that up just to say, you know, like you said, having like having a doctor being able to know what's going on with you, like I'm all for that. I also think, you know, this, that this aspect of the conversation, like I said, this goes past blockchain. I think this has very little to do with blockchain, right? I think this has to do more with like AI. I think this has more to do with like, uh, you know, longevity, you know, uh, how can we, you know, live more healthier lives and is a blockchain good for that? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't, I don't know if it's required. I think what you really want is a centralized database so that these machines understand us better where it can kind of swap information and provide us with the greatest information see this this definitely becomes to me it works more efficient when it's centralized it's cool if my stool doesn't if my toilet doesn't communicate with other toilets you follow my logic right it's okay that my toilet doesn't communicate with others but i do think my toilet would get smarter if it did communicate with other toilets <laughs> and provide me the best information just because it's able to aggregate the information much faster, provide me a response. You know what I mean? That is, uh, again, the best information available at the time. Uh, yeah. it is my thought on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, and this, and this is just on this particular case. I think this extends beyond birthright, though. I think maybe we can reel it back to the birthright. Uh, maybe we can get back into that. What do, what do you think um, would be the greatest value uh, with regards to a birthright in blockchain or how does that connect for you? Uh, <clears throat> I think that the greatest value to me is it kind of removes some of the, the fraudulent birth records that you're seeing that we've had in a distant past. And I think that it might prevent other types of abuse, for example, um, issue dates for licensing, <clears throat> falsification of licensing. I think that the blockchain technology will will be instrumental in, in helping those type of issues um, in regards to blockchain. Okay. Okay. I think about that as well. So, um, Hmm. So birthright, right? Like I want to, I want to kind of drill down on this for a moment, right? Let's see if we can get some framework uh, established. So uh, birthright is uh, specifically about inheriting the inheritance, right? Uh, I think we can say the inheritance could be cultural. I think the inheritance could also be material, uh, you know, inheritance as far as something that, uh, that that is passed down through your family line. Is that uh, is that how you understand birthright, or is uh, is there more to the definition that you're working with? How do you work? How, how do you uh, frame birthright? Um, I, I agree with everything you're saying, brother L. But I kind of also want you to expound on. Um, 
the Morris side of birthright where you have almost like a renewal or a name change, like you'll add brother or L to, to your name. I would love for you to kind of expound on, on that portion of it as well. Okay. Okay. So, um, yes, I think that, um, wow, that's a, that's multifaceted. So the, the name change that you're describing, uh, this has everything to do with the cultural inheritance that has everything to do with the, uh, cultural inheritance. And, uh, this is just kind of, um, acknowledging one's relationship with the creator, right? This is essentially what that is. Um, we, we, the reason why one would call oneself brother is to say that one is seeing oneself as the brother of all of uh, humanity, right? And meaning we're all under the one creator and we're all brothers and sisters, if you will, right? Your fellow men. So, uh, this is a cultural dynamic though. That's a cultural understanding. That's why we use that. Uh, the L is the same. Um, this is again, an older name that is associated with the creator so it's just to say you know something like the host of god right or the emissary or again just to be related to right that's that's why we have that on our name um so again there's a cultural element there i think the other side and this does go back to like you said the moors and and the collapse of the moors and giving up the keys for me the other side is uh the the inheritance, right? Like, so we talk about Bitcoin and how it's good for a generational wealth, right? So this is the other side uh, of the birthright, right? The first son, if you will, if you look at up by definition, you know, it's all about the inheritance uh, and, and the, the first son is the one who is going to take the position of authority and they receive all of the inheritance, or at least they're the ones that's going to be a steward of those, uh, of that inheritance. So <clears throat> for me, again, that's why I lean so heavy on the Bitcoin blockchain, because this is the greatest technology with regards to transferring value through the generations, right? If, if you're looking for a means of transferring wealth from one generation to another, look no further than the Bitcoin blockchain. And uh, this is this is where I'm coming from, brother, when we talk about birthright. You have, uh, again, a cultural inheritance. You also have that financial or that material or that wealth, right? These values that are passed down. Yeah, 100%. And, and thank you for clearing that up, Brother L. I just actually, you know, learned some things while you were speaking and, and really taking in and absorbing that information. That, that's definitely something that I wanted the audience to kind of have a good listen in on and uh, really have an approach from you being a more and, and having that, you know, I feel like there was some kind of like, you know, stigma or or spooky kind of science behind like, oh, why do the Moors subscribe to, you know, not giving birth into a hospital or, you know, having home births. And I just, mm. you know, my mind was kind of going on a little tangent to say like, hmm, how do we connect this to blockchain? You know what I mean? How do we connect this to record keeping or database management? <laughs> you know, there, there's more, there is more. Like, I'm glad that you're kind of teasing the issue out. So there is more. Um, and, and this this has to do with, okay, some people actually feel like they're going to escape the debt, right? The national debt. There's a debt associated with this country. 
and each citizen that is born is responsible for paying off that debt. Many Moors are, you know, under the impression that there is a way to escape it. And uh, you can do this by way of not, right, by not uh, signing a birth certificate or having a birth certificate with the state. That's why I had asked initially, is your concern, how can we best engage the state, right, the nation state that is, because your birth certificate is required, right, a social security number is required when you want to engage with the state, right? that's just how that works. Even if you're going to do business, you're at least going to need an EIN. So you're going to need some kind of identification to do business, right? To do commerce. Everyone knows this. But again, do you want to make yourself liable for the national debt, right? As a choice. And then I understand maybe where you're coming from. Like, okay, well, is there a way that we can maybe formulate a parallel system, where we have a, a database and then maybe it plugs in with the nation state that that's that's the reason why again i had started that line of questioning because will they accept it who knows we may have a record of it that's fine right but that's not much different than having a bible or a quran right or even just your own record book and and you know in your computer your server at the house right there's not much difference there i think the curiosity that i have is is Will the nation state that you're engaging with wherever you live, whatever jurisdiction, will they accept if maybe you and I as a community get together and spin up, right, a blockchain that has our records? Will they will it will it be interoperable with another group of people that do the same thing? Right. I think that that's a a very, very. um, Let's see. I think that requires so many levels of uh, infrastructure. Right. And, 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 and we all got to get on the same page that I think what we can say with certainty today is that Bitcoin is likely the best blockchain to even satisfy what you're talking about. Because I'm going to tell you, brother, again, Dadu, I think that with a Bitcoin address. Right. Maybe they need to upgrade and get like a lightning one. <laughs> but with a Bitcoin address. I think that's as good as gold when it comes to having an ID uh, right here, right now. If your people got you a Bitcoin wallet and you got some Bitcoin in it, I know this doesn't address health, right? It doesn't address that initial concept you were talking about there. But uh, just, you know, having an ID, some way to be identified and then to be able to interact in the world, like you said, I, I know that um, a lot of people don't have good banking services. They don't have a way to interact in the global market. Right. So, again, if you have a Bitcoin wallet with Bitcoin in it, I think that you're good with regards to ID. Right. Because <laughs> you can put your ID out there you're, and people can interact with you in, in, in the way in which they you need most, which is let's do some business. Like I said, brother, I don't know. I might be oversimplifying it. Um, but I do think that you brought up some very good points. I do think that you brought up some very good points. My only response is, is that a blockchain is not necessary for everything. And that even in some circumstances, like this health stuff that you've mentioned, uh, maybe a centralized database is actually a good idea. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want all this information kind of 
you know, brought into like maybe an AI so that I get the best response, you know, in that in that little uh, analogy I had referenced or the example I had referenced about the toilet. I would love to have the best information possible. And I think that uh, aggregating all the data uh, is the best way for me to get that. And I think that comes from AI and that comes from a centralized uh, system. Wow, brother L, that that was very profound. And, uh, you know, it's funny, like, I'm glad that you kind of brought this up and talked about that. And I was like, listening to you talk, I'm like, wait a minute, you know, blockchain on Bitcoin is pretty much just a ledger, which keeps track of, of balances or information, right? And when you started to say you'd rather have a centralized entity, I'm like, the Bitcoin, you know, maxi in me is like, what? what is he talking about centralized? Is he crazy? But I love that you brought it up because it's going to allow the audience to really think about that, right? It's going to really make them think like, hmm, like, would you rather have a centralized entity controlling your health records or your approach to a doctor? Or would you have a decentralized uh, protocol do it? So I'm glad that we had this build and I'm glad that we were able to kind of like expound on some of these like thought provoking, philosophical, even health conscious kind of approaches to blockchain birthright in health records. Um, so, you know, I, I think the build was great and, you know, I just probably have like some of my last couple of thoughts right now and then we could probably wrap this up, brother. L. Hey, that sounds wonderful, brother. You got the floor. Go ahead. Um, the last thing I really wanted to touch on was, you know, there's like a lot of confusion between uh, cryptocurrency tokens and blockchain. And I don't know how well versed you are on that front, but like, is there a way to help the audience like? differentiate between a crypto a token and in blockchain that's something that's been on my mind lately yes the crypto token and the blockchain so first of all uh i think the misnomer the first misnomer is uh crypto i think that starts the people off wrong brother i do it starts them off thinking cryptocurrency uh when i think that the proper um I think that this is actually it's more proper to understand it as a cryptography. So we have to start right there. Um, next, the token versus the blockchain. I had once uh, interviewed back in the day. I think this was like 2015, maybe. I had interviewed a brother named uh, Reggie Middleton. And, um, you know, he would he would later go on to create certain things on the Ethereum blockchain and uh, there's a whole story with Reggie Middleton. If you guys aren't familiar, um, you guys should really check out, like, do your Googles on Reggie Middleton, a very interesting brother. Uh, but to the point, he explained to me the big B, little B concept. And I think that it's perfect, right? Uh, the, the big B is the blockchain. Uh, the little B is the actual asset. Right. So when people are out here saying I bought some Bitcoin, they're talking about the little B. When we start talking about the network or decentralization, we're, we're talking about the big B now. Or at least this is the way that I kind of frame it. Uh, yes. So for me, that's that's how I kind of that's how I kind of rock with it. I say, first and foremost, when, when I when I try to bring up this cryptography thing it's because it a lot of the times when people think just cryptocurrency what they just think is like uh, all of them are equal they're all on the same footing they're all the same 
And this is the furthest from the truth. It's what they what they think is not that they're the same, but they think like Nike, Reebok, right? Or Chanel, Louis, you know, <laughs> Dolce Gabbana, right? They think that these are just different brands on the same level. And again, that's furthest from the truth. And the way that you determine that, for me at least, is you have, again, the Big B, the network. There's not another network that's dealing with uh like that's decentralized as bitcoin right i mean you have like the tour network uh but again outside of networks of this sort you don't have decentralization most of these other coins or all coins or what have you um they're not decentralized and that's one of the that's one of the values of the bitcoin right I, 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 Again, this is so valuable to Bitcoin that it cannot be emphasized enough as far as decentralization. Brother, I was I was in the space, you know, even teaching the good brother Justin Redrick about building a node because I was in the space during the block size wars. Right. I was there saying we, we should build lightning nodes so that we can help the network. Right. We have to relieve some of the pressure on the network that the, the fees for a Bitcoin transaction had went up to about $50, right? So it, was no, it wasn't just about, let me get some Bitcoin. It was about, let me address this network issue, right? How do we address this network issue? What role do we play in addressing this network issue, right? So um, for me, the decentralization, I just cannot emphasize how important that is. And then, of course, the, the, the asset itself, the little b. Digital scarcity is a one-time thing. That's a discovery. That's not a. That's not something that you multiply, right? Um, I think that you can have, you know, NFTs or unique pieces of data, but uh, just the original digital scarcity and store value that Bitcoin is—that's a one-time thing, right? That's a one-time thing. There's going to be a whole bunch of utility coins. There's going to be a whole bunch of uh, opportunities for people to have their own internal tokens and have a little network that they're using, but it will, it will just kind of be dwarfed when you put it next to uh, the Bitcoin, just because they're fundamentally different. It may be like a little microcosm and work the exact same, but again, it's, it's a microcosm and maybe works the exact same. Yeah. hundred percent brother L, you know, thank you for that exquisite delineation of, crypto tokens and in the blockchain and why that decentralization of the blockchain in, in conjunction with bitcoin is so important and why people have to really get on board and have a very high level of understanding of of, of its power its potential and where it's going to kind of usher in more of a of um a humbling and peaceful you know future if we do it right and if it falls into the right hands so um brother l this build was incredible I'm so grateful and honored that, you know, we were allowed to, you know, jostle our thoughts back and forth on this series. And I hope people really get some 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 fruit from it and some some really thoughtful and helpful insight uh, from from these conversations that we've had over the past, uh, you know, few days. Absolutely, brother. I would like for you to actually close us out. I actually have a question for you. And like I said, brother, you can actually uh, close us out. It's been a pleasure having you on, brother. Um Again, family, make sure that you go back, listen to all the episodes, make sure that you find the intro as well. 
Um, lots of great information that we've covered. Uh, this one right here, I think that this one is probably going to be the most powerful one that we've done so far, Brother Dadu. I, I have to tell you right now, I can't wait to to, to do the listen again and, and, and what have you. I bet you the listening audience is going to enjoy it too. But uh, Brother Dadu, we once had a conversation and um, you were expressing to me um, this idea that I've once heard before. It had to do with like... Um, this concept of like web 3.0. I think my audience is gonna love this brother that I do. Uh, the web 3.0, you know, uh, where this this technology is taking us, this blockchain stuff. And and you were you were talking to me about, you know, like domains, uh, domain names. Mm -hmm. you, you were saying that this is gonna, this is gonna be very, very important moving forward. Uh, I think that this is important for folks that are interested in blockchain technology, that are interested in Bitcoin, um, can you give us like a, a brief explanation? I know that uh, it, you probably can talk on it for a while, but uh, for those that are new, kind of walk them into what it is that we were discussing and maybe how they can utilize that information. Most definitely, Brother L. So, uh, you know, Web 3.0 has kind of been a hot topic with Jack Dorsey and Twitter and kind of like him going back and forth with some people that are really heavy into the Web 3.0 space. And all the Web 3.0 is, to my understanding, is uh, it incorporates like decentralization based on a particular blockchain, whether that be, you know, Ethereum or Bitcoin or whatever you, you may have you. Now, the interesting thing is you have this new thing coming out now, which is pretty much called um, an unstoppable domain or an NFT domain or crypto domain, which is essentially... Um, a universal username across all apps and websites. So for example, you can have a website URL, uh, brotherl.crypto, brotherl.bitcoin. And you can layer on top of that website like you would with any other website. You can put content on there. You can put images on there. You can put videos on there. And what makes this very unique and different is that it removes the fear and it removes the uh, the tyranny of being deplatformed. Because it's a decentralized URL, there is no way for someone to come in and remove that content off of the World Wide Web. Because it's kind of like how it's on a blockchain, like with Bitcoin, for example, that core code is locked into cyberspace forever. No one can go in and edit it, alter it, manipulate it, or get rid of it. And they're pretty much doing the same thing now with um, some of these digital entities that you're seeing now, which are websites, you can have payment addresses for wallets through this unstoppable domain, which is decentralized and based on a blockchain and so much more. But the main things right now that's making it a hot topic is pretty much having a website based off of this decentralized digital identity or a payment address. So you can receive Bitcoin or you could send Bitcoin to someone with this um, kind of anonymous address <clears throat> that allows you to be decentralized and you can kind of, you know, garner business that way without being uh, in fear of being deplatformed or having your 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 um, intellectual content being seized from you. Wow, brother. You know what? We are like you said, we're coming to an end, but I, I think we needed to hear that part right there. And see, this is this is the thing. This is the thing. I think we were discussing the same thing. The entire time. I think that um, this uh, and, and what I mean by that is, is this may seem like uh, to the listening audience that we just brought up a brand new issue. But um, I think the entire time 
this information you just provided concerning like this uh um um these the, the way in which you can identify oneself with this uh web address and having a web domain um I think that this is all a part of that conversation about how are we maintaining our identity and when we want to allow people to have access to that information, how do we do it? You know, do we own it? Is it just readily available on a blockchain or is it encrypted? Right. Um, I think all of those things have to be resolved. But uh, I think that we're in agreement. I think uh, we both have an astounding yes. I think that there is a way. Right. For us to use this technology for identification uh, as well as as we already know very well it's, it's a great payment mechanism right it's a great way to transfer value so I think that uh, we have more to see um, who knows brother who knows how this thing is really going to play out as far as what entities are going to adopt it and how will we uh, develop on top of the best layers right how do we develop these systems that are interoperable so that everyone can use it and it just makes sense and like you said we're not having this information weaponized against us because you know how this thing is going brother it doesn't it doesn't look good so with that being said uh brother i am very grateful for your presence here on the platform you have added some uh, wonderful content here some wonderful value you let me know brother if there's anything that i can help you with in the future um, family, make sure that you have subscribed and are following Brother Dadu on all the social media. Make sure that you are um, consuming the content that the brother produces. Uh, brother Dadu, did you have any final words before we close out? Uh, yes, Brother L. Thank you for allowing me to jump on the stage here. Um, I want to thank you for once again allowing me to have this, these multiple builds with you. I think that um, a lot of brothers and sisters from, from the Morris Temple and from some of these other um, organizations that are in the diaspora really get a lot of um, great feedback and understanding about Bitcoin and what uh, brothers like yourself are trying to do in the community to better the community and to make the community more informed and educated on cryptocurrency, blockchain, and Bitcoin. Uh, to wrap this up, you can find me on my social media at Twitter, which is underscore Daru, underscore D-A-W-D-U. And if you can't get me on Twitter, you can get all of my information from my social media, my books that I've published, my magazine, my blog articles that I published for Bitcoin Mag, Black Bitcoin Billionaires, NASDAQ, the whole nine. You can find that on my website, www.iamdadu.com. That is www.iamdadu.com. Uh, thank you, Brother L. This was amazing, and I hope people really enjoy it. Thank you, Brother, again, man. Take care. Peace. Peace.